Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and you know we have the weapons of our warfare. Ephesians tells us that. We have the armor here, and we have the sword, and we have the shield, all those other things. But there's something else that also protects you. We got into it yesterday. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Join me today as we get into the Word of God on Student of the Word. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome again back to Student of the Word. And today we're taking up part number two of a life of integrity. And we began this yesterday. This is a two-part teaching and it comes from the book of Proverbs. Much that what I'm teaching on comes from the book of Proverbs. I have a book on Proverbs. And again, this is not the book of Proverbs. It's Bob's book on the book of Proverbs. So it's insights that I have seen from the scriptures. I told you a story yesterday. If you weren't here, let me quickly tell you this. I was at a church just a few months ago and one of the men of the congregation came up and told me he had read my book on Proverbs, said, thank you for the insight and the things that, you know, I can see from the book now that I didn't see before. He said, there's a man that comes to this church, he said, and he, uh, he said, uh, he when he came to this church, he's already saved, knows the Lord is a savior, but came here and he had failed in two businesses. He said, he's pretty much down, but he had this, this attitude, I'm gonna get back up and do it again because I understand that people that have failed in business many times, often they'll just keep coming back and finally they'll hit the right one. And this man told me, he says, what if you can do it without doing that? And the man said, well, what do you mean? He said, let me give you a, a, a method here. He says, you know, he said, there's a book in the Bible called Proverbs. He says, why don't you take a chapter a day and begin to read it and read it every day, read chapter one and the next day, chapter two. And he said, there's 30 chapters in the book, which is about a month's worth. He said, then the next month, start over again, go back to chapter one. You'll say, but I've already read. He says, no, you always see things the second time you didn't see the first time. And the next month after that, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, you'll read through it 10 times in chapter one. You go, where was that? I did, did I miss that before? You'll always see something new in it, but read a chapter a day. He says, and watch what happens to your life. He said, today that man is one is a multimillionaire, one of the biggest businesses in town and attributes it to the book of Proverbs. Not my book on Proverbs, but the book from the Bible on Proverbs. You know, the man that wrote it, Solomon got the uh, the wisdom from his father, David, who got it from God. It simply comes back to this. I mentioned it yesterday too. I'll mention it again today. Even Jesus said that the wisest man that ever existed up until his day was Solomon. And, and so he's mentioned that because why? Solomon had such incredible wisdom that he was known in his day for wisdom, even though he was a man that sinned, even though he was a man that missed God, even though he's a man that got misguided and taken off the path and started reaching out for other things, came back to the things of God and simply had a closing in chapter 12 of the book of Ecclesiastes. And there he said, the closing of that book, he said, remember the Lord from your youth. And so he had to go chasing all these other things, but he came back to it. But even in all of his mistakes and sins and failures, he was the wisest man next to Jesus Christ that ever existed on this earth. And you pick that up from the book of Proverbs. So that's my recommendation to you too. Also, why not just take a chapter a day, read it and see what it does in your life. That's what gets the word of God into you. Why I'm telling you this is because we sometimes think that all the, all of the, uh, you know, the guidance we should get is from the Holy Spirit or from the word of God. And so we think about that, but there's another thing too, and that's integrity. Even if you can't hear from the Holy Spirit at that moment, or the Holy Spirit's not speaking to you with any guidance, or you can't even think of a scripture at the moment to stand on. Ask yourself a question, 
What would integrity do? Because integrity is in this earth. You know what? There have been people who are sinners that don't know Jesus as Savior, but have integrity because the way they were raised. Their mom and dad taught them to, you know, honor other people, do what's right, and you'll always, not only will you prosper in life, but you'll have a clean conscience. If you rip other people off, you constantly are looking for ways to protect yourself against these people talking to other people. Integrity, again, is that important in the Christian life. And that's what this particular lesson is. Again, part number two. And today I'm calling this integrity protects you. It is a form of protection in your life and it will deliver you. We quoted this yesterday, but take a look at Proverbs chapter 11 in verse four. It said, riches do not profit in the day of wrath. When people are angry at you after you even want to kill you, what good is riches? They don't want your money at that point. They just want you out of the way. It goes on to say, but righteousness, which is integrity, delivers you from death. There can be times when people are going to put you up to death, but whenever they see the integrity, and the, the, the first thing they'll think is, maybe we're wrong. If this guy has this much integrity, then perhaps what we've heard about him is wrong. And this is what delivered Joseph in the Old Testament was his integrity. His brothers sold him into slavery. And first they were going to kill him but they didn't, and so they they sold him into slavery. He ended up at the house of Potiphar, and Potiphar had him as a slave, but you know what? He was such a man of integrity. Potiphar let him run his whole house. Then his wife began to lust after him, and she ended up being the one that had him thrown into prison, and Potiphar had him thrown into prison because he thought for a while that he had actually gone after his wife, and it was his wife going after uh, him. And so as Joseph was in prison, he began to run the prison after a while. Where Potiphar had him run his house, he was such a man of integrity in the prison that the prison guard had him run the whole thing until Potiphar found out about it one day and was so angry, had him thrown into the lowest dungeon possible. But even in the lowest dungeon, he had integrity. His integrity was not based on circumstances. His integrity was based on his heart and the fact that God doesn't change. His integrity was built on the integrity of God and the integrity of the word. And he stayed that way until finally one day, even the Pharaoh found out about him, had him delivered out of prison. And Joseph interpreted the dream of the Pharaoh. And, and, and so he ended up being the second highest in, in command in the nation right under Pharaoh. So Joseph was the one that watched over all the finances of the entire kingdom. And then his brothers found out about it later. And what happened with them was when they found out about it, they thought he was dead by this time, but he wasn't dead by this time. And when they had to face him, they realized something. They had sold a man of integrity into slavery and yet integrity delivered him through all this stuff. By now they thought he had died, but you know what happened? Integrity delivered him from death, just as this verse says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse four, God protects the righteous. Proverbs chapter 11, verses seven and eight, when a wicked man dies, his expectations will perish and the hope of unjust men, that's everything he planned for, will perish also. But the righteous are delivered out of trouble and the wicked falls into it in his stead or in his place. What's this saying? That whenever you walk as a wicked man, whatever you set up for other people, you're gonna fall into it yourself. When you're the righteous person, whatever they've set up for you, they're gonna fall into it themselves and God's gonna deliver you as you, as you do that. In other words, it comes back to this. Is there such a thing? Because I 
keep using this. And also the book of Proverbs uses it, the word perfect and the word righteous. Does this mean a righteous person is perfect? They never miss it. No, 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 that's not it at all. The perfection he's talking about is a perfection we grow in. And the righteousness he's talking about is a righteousness we grow in. But whenever we do something wrong, whenever we as Christians sin, what do we do? We should stay current on our confession of sins. And this helps us maintain a clean conscience and a clear conscience. It's important to stand in your integrity, not just arrive there, but continue to stand in it, not to approach it, then fall back from it. No, you approach integrity, but you never reach 100%. You're always in pursuit, like that relentless pursuit of perfection, you know, that Lexus had was for their commercial for the longest time. And that's exactly what it is. It is an, an constantly ever-seeking integrity, trying to grow to perfection in integrity is a lifetime thing that you never will totally get into. You'll still make mistakes, but simply comes back to it. You make less and less and less. In fact, you even come to a time you think, what's the last time I sinned? And you have to think some time back. That doesn't mean you've reached a point where you never will sin again. It just means it becomes rarer all the time that you will. And he's simply saying here, your integrity not only will help you stand there, it will protect you while you stand there. Integrity becomes like a defense around you, like armor that you wear around you. And really in Ephesians chapter six, where it talks about the weapons of our warfare, it's built on the integrity of the person who stands on the word of God, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the shoes that are carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. All these things are given to a person of integrity. A person of integrity is simply another synonym for not only a convert, but a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. A disciple walks in integrity day after day and realizes that not only is it up to him to stand on the word of God for protection, to trust in the Holy Spirit for protection, but integrity is part of your protection also. Your integrity will also destroy your enemies and cause them to fall into the traps they prepared for you. Integrity, you don't even have to see your enemies around you. I think of the story in the Old Testament where Balaam the prophet was hired by Balak the king to curse the nation of Israel. And so Israel was coming there in the in the desert. They were crossing, crossing this, and King Balak saw them coming and he thought, my goodness, they've crossed the Red Sea. They're terrible people. All that Israel was asking for was just, can we pass through there? And he said, no, but he wanted to destroy them because he feared them. So he hired a prophet from the nation of Israel to curse them. And so he brought in Balaam. Balaam was a believer, but Balaam was a carnal believer. He was a true prophet. And so he stood on one mountain, tried his best to curse the nation of Israel. But every time he opened his mouth, all that came out was blessing, blessing, blessing. He couldn't even force a curse to come out. He tried his best to force a curse to come out, but God wouldn't allow it. And as a true prophet of God, all that came out was, was uh, again, truth. And he prophesied over them and he didn't curse them. He couldn't curse them. He went back to Balak and told him, Balak offered him more money. So he tried again from a second mountain. It failed in that mountain, came back and told him. And so finally Balak gave him so much money. He tried going to a third mountain thinking God may not see him. And this time he opened up his mouth and all that came out was blessing and he didn't stop it. He just let it flow and flow and it became part of the Old Testament. And there it's told in prophetic form of what's gonna happen to the nation of Israel, what's gonna happen to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. All these things came out of his mouth. You know what the most important thing about Balaam standing on those mountains doing, trying to destroy Israel? Israel never knew it. 
The only way they knew it was is that Moses knew about it by the direction of the Holy Spirit and wrote it in the Word of God. In those first five books of the Bible, the story is told there of Balaam. But you know what? There's, we're going to get to heaven and find out there were people on mountains around us trying their best to curse us, and we didn't know. We were just walking through life like da 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 and we walked through, and guess what brought us through? Our integrity. And we just keep walking in integrity, and all these other things, no matter who's coming against us, they're going to be destroyed by it. Proverbs 26 and verse 2 says this, As as a bird by wandering, and as a swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. There are birds that just fly around, but there's also a swallow that returns back. And this verse says, whenever somebody sends a curse to you, it's going to circle you like birds, and then it's going to go back to where it came from uh, in that verse of scripture, just like a swallow returns back. So whenever people send curses to you, they make circle around you and circle around you, but your integrity keeps that from curse from landing on you, and then it'll go back to the one that sent it, and they'll be the one that will end up in their own trap. They set a trap for you, but it didn't work. It just kept coming right back to them. So Satan will fall into his own traps. What a wonderful thing that is. You know, I like to think of the people that watch this broadcast with me daily are people of integrity and they want to increase in integrity. They like hearing broadcasts about integrity. They like understanding a life of integrity. And out of that, they love the Lord. They simply take the riches that God has given to them and share a portion of it with me. They become partners with me. I'm not after the money. That's not what I'm after. I'm after the end result of getting people saved and making disciples out of people. I'm out to raise up people around here that become stable Christians. And that's what my ministry is dedicated to, not just to get them born again, but to make disciples out of converts. And so this is why people give in this ministry. We're seeing great and tremendous things happen. Would you like to become a partner with me? Go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. Join this wonderful team of people around me and become a supporter of this ministry. If you do so, I would greatly appreciate it. Look forward to hearing from you that you'll say yes to it. And I will see you right after halftime. Many Christians are quick to confess all that they are, all that they have, and all they can do. They appear to overflow in knowledge of righteousness, healing, authority, and many other spiritual truths. Yet for all this spiritual knowledge, many of these same people are foolish and unlearned when it comes to the practical things of Christian life. As James said, my brethren, these things ought not be so. The book of Proverbs is a prime source of the wisdom we need for daily existence, and a close study of it is well worth our time and attention. In Proverbs Wisdom for Today, Bobby Andian discusses what wisdom is, its benefits, how to find it, where it comes from, and how to receive it in order to help you live a life of wisdom. To order Proverbs Wisdom for Today, go to bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. A new book just came in. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, 
but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification, redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself blessings upon blessings to you. It's important to stand in your integrity. You know why? Because your integrity will protect you. Just like the armor that's brought out in Ephesians chapter six, your integrity becomes a defense mechanism against the attacks of the world. Your integrity will also destroy your enemies and cause them to fall into the traps they prepared for you. The verse we ended with at the first half of this broadcast was Proverbs 26, two. When people send a curse to you, it will be like a bird that wanders, going around you and around you, just wandering all around. But the second thing is like a swallow, it will fly back to where it came from. And the verse in Proverbs 26, two says, as the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. If there is no cause in you, all right, it will circle you and go back. It may not be every time. It may be sometimes when it seems like it lands on you, but you know what? It is your integrity that will protect you and cause that thing which is lit on you temporarily to fly back to where it came from. Proverbs 26 and verse 27 says this, whoever digs a pit shall fall in it. And he that rolls a stone, it will roll backward over him. I think of the roadrunner and the coyote when I think about this. And that is the coyote digging a pit so that whenever the roadrunner comes, he'll fall into the pit. And then he toes to the top of a hill, the mountain. He sees the roadrunner coming and he's going to roll that stone up there. And he pushes, he wants to push it over the hill and it'll roll down and it will hit the roadrunner. No, as he gets up near the top, his foot slips and all of a sudden the stone rolls back over him. Whoever digs a pit will fall in it himself. He that rolls a stone, it will roll backward over him. That's again coming back to it. And whoever made those cartoons, I wonder if he knew the book of Proverbs. I wonder if he knew about these two verses, Proverbs 26, 2, the word, the bird by wandering in Proverbs 26, 27, digging a pit, rolling a stone. It rolls back over them. They fall in the pit themselves. How many times has Satan done something to destroy Israel and he falls into the trap himself? So, I think about in the word of God, the different ones, the different stories that are Esther. Esther's a great story. Chapter seven and verse 10. And there they were planning on hanging the one guy who was an innocent, a man of integrity, so the evil people could go on their way. And in Esther chapter seven and verse 10, it says, so the king hanged Haman on the gallows, prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. It simply says the man who was trying to frame the other one ended up going to the gallows himself and the man that was supposed to be that they were preparing against him, he ended up going free himself. What a wonderful story. Esther chapter seven and verse 10 talks about what a life of integrity will do, what a life of integrity, how it will preserve you in the midst of evil circumstances. Daniel chapter six, what a great story this is. Daniel and the three uh, that were with him, you know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew uh, children, the three Hebrew sons that were there with him. And we read in Daniel chapter six, verses 23 and 24. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. This is the lion's den. And these evil men tricked the king 
into throwing Daniel in there because they set up a law that said, well, Daniel broke the law. And so the king loved Daniel, but he went ahead and had him thrown in there. But Daniel basically didn't care. Daniel said, I'm a man of integrity. If the, if the lions eat me, they'll have a good meal. If they don't eat me, God's going to deliver me out of this. The same thing was true with those, the three uh, Hebrew children that they were thrown in there. And when the king looked into this fire that should have just burnt them up immediately because it was set up seven times hotter than normal, he saw four walking around the three Hebrew children and the fourth when he said, looks like the son of God. Well, it was the son of God. The pre-incarnate Jesus Christ was walking with them in the midst of the fire. They brought them out and they didn't even smell like smoke. And the fire was so hot. And so they threw those other men in there that had, that had, uh, uh, put them in there and the, th the ones that framed them and they threw them in there and they were burned up before they ever hit the ground. I mean, they were gone. That's how hot the fire was. Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. And we know the story how that those lions hadn't eaten for days and how hungry they were. When Daniel was thrown in there, they should just ripped him to shreds and had a meal that night. But you know what? They went to sleep and he slept on the, the lions, just laid down on the lions. And the next day when they looked in there, Daniel was still alive and said, I'm okay. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. Daniel chapter 6 verse 23 and 24, Daniel was taken out of the den and no manner of harm was found on him because he believed in his God, integrity, and the king commanded that they brought the men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the lion's den, them and their children and their wives and the lions broke all their bones in pieces before they ever landed at the bottom of the den. Can you see this? This is what happens to people who dig a pit for you and they are not people of integrity, but they hate your integrity and they want to get rid of you for your, uh, for your, uh, for your testimony. You leave around them and what happens? They get caught in it themselves. And here they had this den prepared for Daniel. The lions did. They're going to throw him in there. And when they did, nothing happened. God protected him. But when they got thrown in there, they didn't even make it to the bottom. Their bones were broken. They were eaten before they got to the bottom of the lion's den. What is your effect on your neighbors and your city? You know what? Proverbs tells us you become a great effect on the neighbors and the city you live in. And so by living a, a life of integrity before other people, you actually bless the city you're in. I live in Tulsa. Tulsa's greatly been blessed. You know why? The effect of the gospel through all these years. This has been the hometown for Orr Roberts and T.L. Osborne and Kenneth Hagan and other ministries located in this city. Great, great ministries. And so they've affected the past of this city and helped to shape a, a feeling when you get here. Somebody asked me one time, they said, well, why Tulsa? Why did God pick Tulsa? I said, I don't know. I don't know why he did, but why does God place the heart inside of a body where he puts it? It's almost like as the blood comes in to be cleansed and goes back out, that's what happens. People come here and they come to the meetings that are here and they get, they, they're taken care of and they leave. This is what's happened in our city. And so we again have a great sense. People often come here and say, there's just such a quiet sense and peace around this city. Well, I love it. I've been raised here and I know the history of this town. Proverbs chapter 11 verses 9 through 11 tells you that you as a person of integrity, affect your neighbors and you affect your city. In verse nine, it says a hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted and it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Your life of integrity blesses your home, blesses your business, 
blesses your neighbors. In fact, we are told the story I told you about Joseph. Potiphar's house was blessed simply because Joseph was there. This is Genesis chapter 39, verses two and three. Potiphar's house was suddenly blessed. He looked around and said, things are different here. Man, I'm making more business than ever. I'm making more profit than ever. Why? And he realized it was Joseph's presence that was there. Integrity is contagious. Integrity is infectious. It infects things around you in a good way. Unbelieving husbands are sanctified by a wife of integrity. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I've often talked to wives that love Jesus. They said, I married this unbeliever I shouldn't have, or we were both unbelievers when we got married. I've received Jesus. He has not. He's not such a great guy. And I'm afraid he's going to affect our children. No, the Bible says you're going to affect your children. You have the greater control. I think of Smith Wigglesworth, the story of he has, is that he was not born again. His wife was born again. She went to church all the time. She loved the Lord. And he was constantly yelling at her for going to church, mad at her for going to church. And one day he told her, you're not going to church anymore. She said, listen, Smith, to obey you or to obey God's word, I have no choice. I'm going to do what God told me to do. And besides that, you know good and well, I'm a better wife by going to church. I come back, I'm nicer to you. I cook better for you. I take better care of you by the things I learned at church. He said, no, you're not going to church. And she said, I'm going to church. And she went to church. That day he locked the door so she couldn't get back in. She went to church and came back and she couldn't get in the house. He locked all the doors and it was cold in London. That's where they lived. And so she just curled up outside the door and she took the welcome mat, put it around her and laid at the front door like this and went to sleep that night. The next morning he got up, opened up the door and she came rolling in. And the moment she rolled in, she got up and stood up and said, good morning, Smith, and went over and made his breakfast. It broke him. It broke him. Her integrity broke him. And he came to church, gave his life to Jesus Christ and became one of the best healing evangelists of all times known everywhere. And he credits his wife for part of it, her constantly sticking with the truth. Notice this again, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. The unbelieving husband is sanctified by what? The wife who walks in a life of integrity. It can be the other way around too, is that a husband can affect a wife. And so your city is blessed because of your presence. Your family is blessed because of your presence and your business and your church because of your integrity. Your life of integrity blesses the city without a word being spoken. The unrighteous have no weapon against you except for their mouth. Your integrity is part of your witness to the world. And this is what God is looking for. Again, I'm coming back to this and simply telling you, apply it in your business. You want your business to grow? Quit looking for ways to advertise it. Let your integrity speak for it. Let people understand that when you give your word, there was a man that came one time. I mean, I called and my wife and I needed some concrete work done around the house. There was concrete breaking up. So I called a concrete company. They set a time. I actually left work early to come back to be at the house and he never showed up. Never showed. I sat there and the time came, the time went. I never heard from them. That was before the days of cell phones. I finally went into the house. That's where he was supposed to come. I went to the house and found his number and called him. He said, oh, something came up. And I said, did you break your hand? He said, no. I said, so you could have called me. 
You could have let me know. I understand when things come up, but what kind of person? And he simply talked to me like, well, I don't care. I thought, you know what? I'm never going to use you again. I will never use this. And what I have to say to other people about your business is what's going to eventually destroy your business. Your lack of integrity is going to destroy you, but your integrity in the things of God is part of your witness to the world. And when you say you're going to be somewhere, be there exactly when you can, or even arrive a little bit early. But if you can't be there, as circumstances always arrive, let the person know ahead of time you can't be there. Reset the appointment, apologize that you can't be there, and tell them you will be. That in itself is integrity, because nobody's asking absolute perfection out of you. They're asking you just to be honest and keep your word. This is what integrity is. It is part of your witness to the world, part of your witness to your church, part of your witness to your family. And as your children see integrity in you, they can begin to walk and they see the rewards and the result of integrity in your life. I led you in a confession yesterday. I wanna lead you in a confession today. And you can write this down or else you can take this broadcast because I'm on YouTube. You can watch this thing again. I have archives on YouTube that you can watch. And I want this to become a confession in your life today. And that is this, my integrity will deliver me from trouble and even cause my enemies to fall into a trap they have prepared for me. My righteousness will protect me from the lies of my enemies. God has placed in me, into this world to be a blessing. My integrity will prosper me. My boss will be prospered. My fellow workers will be prospered and my city will be prospered. The world may not know it, but I am one of the causes of their joy, peace, and stability in this city. That's what God is looking for. Again, for us to have that type of integrity to where not only are we here, but our integrity affects those around us. And listen, your integrity can cause people to come to you saying, what's so different about you? And you can tell them, I know Jesus Christ is my savior. I stand on the word of God. Thanks for being here today. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.